The views and opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of this station, JVC Broadcasting, management, or its sponsors. Welcome to Healthy Lifestyle with Lorianne. I am Coach Lorianne. Our goal here at Healthy Lifestyle is to inspire, educate, empower, and ignite you to fulfill a healthy, emotional, spiritual, and physical life so you can feel empowered to live the life you have always wanted and dreamed. Welcome to the show. I hope you're having a great day. I know I always do. You know we have fun here on Healthy Lifestyle, and today we're going to light you up with some verbal caffeine. And on the show today, we have Dr. Kevin Gazzara. He is a powerhouse and has been a professional business and executive coach for the last 15 plus years. He's an ICF certified coach and a certified positive intelligence mental fitness coach. And Kevin spent 18 years at Intel Corporation. Funny, I was... uh, had uh, some association with Intel as well in positions from program and product management to leadership development and management of the Intel University. In addition, over the last 26 years, he has been a leadership professor at six, yes, six Mm -hmm. university. And today he is the senior partner at Magna Leadership Mm -hmm. Solution, founded in 2007, and the co-author of the acclaimed book, The Leader of Oz, recognized by Business Day as number one of the must-read top 10 business books. Everyone, welcome. Dr. Mm -hmm. K here. How are you, Kevin? Fantastic, Lorianne. I, uh, that was a perfect introduction. I think you you win it for the best podcast host so far. Oh, thank you. Thank you. But you've only done one podcast, so that doesn't really count. No, I'm only kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm so I'm so glad to have you on the show. And and I just, you know what I love to do, uh, and my audience knows this, I jump right in with two feet. So uh, I'm a jump right into the pool girl. So I know that you have this idea of, um, quote, quote, you know, doing tasks a certain way and having a process. And it's real important. We speak about that uh, uh, often. So how did you come up with this whole process and how you come up with your TQ idea? Yeah. So the task quotient or what I call TQ was uh, was one of those shower thoughts. So I was I was working on my dissertation. Uh, back in uh, 2000, uh, and uh, I I really was struggling with a a topic that I was passionate about. Um, And what I recognized through this kind of shower thought was I I realized that, you know, I had, you know, different size staffs from anywhere from five to 20 20 people. Uh, And the staff that I was managing at the time, you know, they're all very similar behavioral styles, personalities, backgrounds uh, in education, uh, life experience, work experience. Um, and, you know, when I would give them different projects to work to work on, you know, the person, the person one would say, gee, I really like A and B and I hate doing C. And the next person would say, I really like B and C, but I hate doing A. And the next person would say, I love C and A, but I hate doing B. And I'm, I'm thinking, yeah, there's, so, there's something that's going on here. These are all the same kind of people. They're, uh, they're kind of uniform. They're excellent performers. Uh, what's going on here? And, and as I was working on, I was doing my doctorate and trying to come up with a topic, I thought, I, I bet you there's something that has to do uh, with the different tasks that they're doing. And I said, hey, I proposed to my chair was I wanted to look at 
the ba- the different balances of task types. And there's three task types. There's routine tasks, there's troubleshooting or problem solving tasks, and there's project tasks. And a lot of this work was done by a gentleman by the name of Bill Daniels for American Training and Consulting. I worked with Bill for many years and I, I consider him a mentor of mine. Um, and I, I said, I bet you there's a correlation between uh, performance, um, motivation, engagement, uh, and the concept of flow, right, of getting in the zone. And I'd like to see, I'd like to do my quantitative dissertation to statistically prove that there's a relationship between uh, all of those elements. Uh, so there was good news and bad news. The good news was that um, uh, balancing your tasks, your tasks on a daily basis, and understanding how to do those. At the end of the session, we're gonna we'll give away I'll give away the assessment tool so people can actually figure out what is their ideal balance. There's 497 different balances uh, or or mixtures. Uh, and one of the things that we found was there was a direct correlation between uh, having the right balance and your job satisfaction or engagement in your work. Uh, statistically, incredibly high. Uh, I, uh, it didn't guarantee performance. Or it didn't guarantee that you're going to get more widgets out or more outcome. But it, what it did is at the end of the day, if you use the balance that we're going to talk through today, uh, it it does it does create this environment that at the end of the day or the end of the week you will I guarantee statistically will be more satisfied than you were if you just do your normal kind of jump in the river and, and start swimming. Right, right. Well, I mean, and this is it seems very logical um, the way you developed your your T, TQ concept. Um, and, and this, this formula that you have. So let's, let's talk about how you came to develop because that's a lot of combinations. I feel like, you know, we're trying to break into a, a safe right now of our brains. And, uh, and now you figured out how to quantify that. So let's talk a bit about how you came up with that concept. Yeah. So like I said, the, the idea for the concept happened from, from my staff and I wanted to try to figure out what was going on there. What, what I could do different as a manager and a leader when I was working working at Intel because I was trying lots and lots of diff- different things. Um, and uh, I also was heavily involved. You know, I got I read the book. If anyone hasn't read the book, my first recommendation is read the book called Flow it's by a guy by the name of Dr. Mihai Csikszentmihalyi. And Dr. Csikszentmihalyi, um, so when I was developed, when I had proposed this to my doctoral chair to, to do, to look at all of these, and I particularly wanted to see if I could, could create another element that would create flow. The answer was, is it does not guarantee flow. Uh, it certainly works with flow. And flow, for those of you listening who don't know the concept, uh, was returned in the 90s called being in the zone or getting in the, in the zone. Um, and what uh, Dr. Csikszentmihalyi had found out was, that there's this certain balance when you have the right balance of challenge and skill, you can get in the zone. And the easiest way to tell whether you're in flow uh, is to is when the, t- the the sense of time is distorted, right? When you look up at the clock and you it's midnight and you swear it's nine o'clock and it like couldn't it be so that's that's flow. Um, and when I was developing to answer get to your question, when I was developing my uh, or propo- my proposal for the dissertation to do a quantitative analysis, 
my chair said, go out and find a tool that measures this. So I went to the library and there's a gigantic book. I forget the name of it at the moment that has like 10,000 different assessments. I spent the entire day going through them one by one. And there was, and I came back to my chair and said, hey, there is no tool that measures uh, this uh, task combination. So he had a great recommendation. He says, well, just pick a different topic. And <laughs> and I said, no, no, I, w- I want to do this. And, you and know, just said, drop that. Find something yeah, else. <laughs> go find something else. And, and he said was, uh, he said, no, no, no. He says, he says, the first question I have is, is do you want to graduate or do you want to, or do you want to develop a tool to do this? And, <laughs> and I said, well, I want to do both. Uh, and he was pretty, uh, just kind of disillusioned me. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to write to Dr. Csikszentmihalyi and I'm going to ask him to be on my committee to help me develop a tool. And nice. I figure if I, if I could get him to be on, on the committee and help me to develop this, what we ultimately call the task question tool, I bet you I could convince my chair. So I wrote to him and I uh, didn't hear from him for a couple of weeks and I started to get a little concerned. Um, and then, and then I got an email back from him and he said, Hey, this looks interesting. Uh, send me your prospectus. And that's the, 10 or 12 page document you have to write uh, for your proposal to get it approved. And so naturally I had to go back and rewrite it. So it was even better. And I sent it to him and waited about a week. And then he sent a note and he said, yeah, Hey, no one's ever done this. I'd be glad to kind of be on your committee and help you out developing it. So I sent it to my, my chair. I was all excited. Uh, and he said, uh, send me the email. I want to see this because you know, here, here's, 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 you know, here's the, I've gotten the, Dr. Csikszentmihalyi at the time was the department chair of the University of Chicago's Department of Psychology. And he didn't, he he just was questioning whether I really got, got his approval. And I sent him the email and he said, boy, if he's going to be on your committee to help you develop this, I'll, I'll do that. Um, so that's, uh, so that's how it started. Develop all the questions. I was fortunate enough to have him kind of work with me on, the scales and the different questions. Um, and then I developed a simulation um, in order to prove the assessment uh, using Legos, or actually it was, uh, I think, um, Megablocks, right? It was uh, the knockoff of Legos. Uh, and what I had, had, I had got 112 people randomly selected, uh, and I had them uh, build, I, I created, th- they had to build three structures. I had to do a, they had to do a routine task, they had to do a problem solving task, and they had to do a project task. And I and they had to do these three different structures. Uh, they took the assessment ahead of time. Uh, they didn't get the results, and and very very simple uh, uh, model on developing the tool. Half of the group got exactly their balance, you know, of, of preferred routine troubleshooting, you know, it was 30 minute activities. So for example, if you had a 30% routine desire in 30 minutes, you get nine minutes for a routine, right? So very, very simple. And half of the group got exactly their mixture. And then they filled out this uh, nine page set, uh, a- answer all these questions about how did they feel? And, you know, did you have a sense of time? And what was the productivity? And so they filled all of the this data out. And then the other half, all I did was I just took whatever their highest and lowest was and flipped them, right? 
So you know, I, I love the whole process that you went through and it was very, you know, first I, I love the fact that you challenged, you know, the professor and it was like, yeah. <laughs> I love that, that there was a pushback and you didn't allow them to take you off of what you really wanted to do. And it, you could have easily walked away and picked something else. And I love that you didn't because you wouldn't have discovered this. The other thing that you said that I really want to bring back in, in the forefront of the conversation is your sense of time that gets distorted. I always say as a coach, that when you lose sense of time, you're in your superpower zone. That is when you're in the place that you're supposed to and meant to be. And that's how you know. I remember um, back in the day when I was singing in, because I used to be a singer, well, I still am, but uh, I would go in and be a backup singer when that was a thing in New York City. And I would lose all track of time. And I didn't care because Mm -hmm. I was just so happy and time would just go flying by. You know, it's wow, time is just flying by. I can't believe what time it is. When you hear those kind of phrases you're in the right place doing exactly what you're meant to be doing and and you're in your happy place i'm sure that correlates back to applying tq to yourself and your workplace let's talk a little bit about how one does that and and what the process of tq is and let's just dive right into that yeah so it's it's pretty simple um the the assessment is uh 15 questions um uh, you, uh, the listeners will be able to take take it and get their report uh, instantly. Uh, I worked with a, a company called uh, Target Training International, uh, so I've known them. I worked with them forever. We use they provide disc and values and EQ and leadership assessments and uh, great company to work with. Family owned. Um, I had shown my TQ assessment to them. Um, and I'll make a long story short that the president basically said, yeah, this is different. Um, we'd like to to just essentially license it from you. And they've been the distributor of it since 2004, uh, a couple of years after I had finished it. Um, so so the, the way TQ works is you take this assessment and it'll give you an idea of what your ideal mixture is for each of those. And so I'll give you a, at a very high level. Mine is about 50% project, about 30% routine and um uh, and 20, uh, sorry, 30, 30% troubleshooting and 20% routine. That's, that's my mixture roughly, right? So it's, it's like a 48 and 32. And Which makes so sense was, because you used to be a product, ma- a project manager. Uh, that's, sense. that's true. Right. Right. So I was, uh, I really liked the, the project and uh, work when I was a project manager as well as a product manager. Um, and so once you know that, then, then the next thing to do is that you track the work that you do on a regular basis. So we usually, when we, when we do a TQ session, we usually do do them in four to eight hour sessions. Uh, what we'll do is we'll ask them before they come in there is to track the work that you've done uh, over the week and then look at it. Uh, then when you get to the session, we'll help you figure out which ones are routine troubleshooting and, and project work. And then we'll look at what kind of the mixture is for you at the moment. And then we compare it to your assessment. So pretty, pretty straightforward there to, to do that. Then the next thing we do is that each one of us has a different cadence, right? That there's a certain amount of time that we can last in each one of those, uh, the task types. So for me, for example, project work, I start, my brain starts wanting to go do other things. And that's the signal when your brain says, Oh, I want to go uh, get a Coke or I want to go get something or oh, I want to get my email or, or I need to pick up a phone, right? Um, when you get those little red flags, that's an indication that you need to change the task type that you're working on. And typically what happens is 
Uh, people either go and do the distraction or they'll switch to something else, but they might go from routine to routine to routine. And at, and at the end of the day, they feel exhausted and un, unfulfilled. So you need to change not only what you're doing, but the the type that, that you're doing. So my cadence is about two week, two hours of project work. Um, I can do about 90 minutes-ish, uh, uh, an hour and 15 to an hour and 30 minutes of, of deep troubleshooting. And then my routine runs right around 30 minutes or so. So, so the way I structure my day now, rather than what I used to, used to do, I don't know if you had done this when you were in school, uh, is I lock myself in the dorm room for eight hours and I'm going to write that book report or do that analysis. And we all know how well that goes. And, yeah. and the reason it, the reason it goes so terrible is that, that you're doing the same task type for an extended period of time and your brain is not wired uh, to be able to do it that way. So, so what I do now is when I have an eight hour. It causes fatigue because you're also fighting yourself. So it causes that fatigue, that brain um, meltdowns kind of fatigue that you get when you're spending eight hours trying to do something. So that fatigue causes the lack of focus. That lack of focus has you distracted. That distraction causes you not to do the work. So you're literally wasting time as opposed to finding this cadence. And that's why this tool is so brilliant, because once you know, and like everything else we talk about here on Healthy Lifestyle, once you're aware you can start adjusting and now it's not fatigue. It's not frustration. It's not, I can't do this. It's, oh, I need to do this this long. So I love this. Yeah, it's 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 really, it's such a simple concept. And I was surprised that no one had ever done it before. Uh, and I think one of the things that I found was, so like for me, instead of, you know, locking myself like today, you know, locking myself in a, in a room tomorrow and doing new course development or, uh, you know, working on doing some research, what I do is I figure out how long is that going to take for the week or how long is that going to take? And then over the time of the week, if it's about, you know, 10 hours to do it, I'll just block out two hour blocks each day. Uh, and by the end of, end of the week, I'll have that. The other advantage that you, that, that we found that you get is, by blocking the time uh, and starting it, what happens is, is your subconscious goes off and processes it. So when you come back to it the next day, you've already done a lot of that extra processing instead of that uh, that uh, description that you had about how difficult it is to to really kind of push through things. So uh, so really easy to do. Uh, w- once you know the kind of the formula and your cadence, everybody's going to have a little bit different cadence. And if you could structure your day so you're getting closer to your your mixture each day, you may not be able to get it. Particularly, a lot of people like line workers, it's very difficult to them to structure the day because the the job is so d- defined. But for people that are doing a lot of business work and and you know we we work with a lot of banks and healthcare and uh, high technology, they have the ability you have a certain deliverable that you have to do for the week. So you don't have to do like all your loans in the bank on Monday and, you know, all of your uh, uh, prospecting on Tuesday and on Wednesday, dealing with all the supplier. You don't have to do that. You can break it up into li- little, little chunks. And by yeah. the end of the week, uh, you, you, you get everything done. You get, you use that off offline processing that your brain has and, and, and it, and you f- just feel like you want to go back and do it again, right? So, and, and that's really what I was looking for, you know, for my staff when I was managing it until. 
Yeah, I love the advantages of using this. I mean, I see so many opportunities of using it in business to really get the most out of the the staff and and the teams that you're working on, depending on how you work. Um, uh, repetitive tasks uh, that that's kind of hard to to do this way, but you still need to break it up. Um, uh, typically, when I do um, presentations and things like that, I literally break it up. Uh, I don't do any more than 20 minutes at a time because talking heads, you start not listening anymore. So I break it up and I I shake up everybody's brain by throwing in a video or throwing something in between. Again, having that same kind of concept of not, you know, just staying in that same realm because it doesn't always work. I I know that when I went and got Intel certified, it was an intensive and I I thought I was, my brain was just melting down um, back in the day. And uh, it really felt that way. But I got to tell you, we learned a whole lot, but it was just way too much absorption in one sitting. But there's, there's an, there are advantages to, to intensives like that, but this is an everyday process, not a once in a while process. And once you learn it yourself, I have to believe that once you learn learn about yourself and what your process is, it just makes life so much nicer. It it does. You know, we found such great advantages. You know, not only for in the work, but I think many. I mean, we've done probably close to ten thousand people with the assessments. So uh, so it works really really well both for your work and for at home. Yeah, Kevin, this is is so exciting. I want to continue our conversation. We're going to take a short break. We're going to come back. We're going to send you over to magnaleadership.com if you want more information about Dr. Kevin Gazzara. Uh, Outstanding. Can't wait to continue this conversation. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Healthy Lifestyle with Lorianne. I am Coach Lorianne. If you'd like to be a guest or lift up your business product or non-for-profit, or if you have a question or comment, you know, we love to hear from you. Please email us at healthylifestylewitha at gmail.com. That's healthylifestylewitha at gmail.com. You know I answer all of your emails personally because I've gotten some email responses back going, I'm shocked. So I love doing that. Uh, Utilize us as a sounding board. If you want to reach out to one of our guests, uh, please reach out to me and I will set that up for you. In the meantime, anything that we do speak about will be found along with this recording. Once it is one, you'll be able to reach all of the people and all of the links that Kevin has, and he has a lot, by the way. So again, welcoming back Dr. Kevin Gazzara uh, from Magna Leadership. Uh, go visit him at magnaleadership.com. Love having having him on. This is so exciting about the TQ concept. So Kevin, let's just continue our conversation. This is so yummy. Um, how can someone get get to understand their TQ? Like, How do they get started to understand it? Well, I think the first thing you have to do is you have to take the assessment, right? So, uh, so like I said, the assessment statistically verified. So we we know that there is, the questions that we use and the results that you get are correlated, right? So there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of assessments out there uh, that I would say a good portion of the assessments that are out there that you find on the web are not verified. I mean, they may put you in a, in a similar direction and might give you kind of an idea but you're not really, really sure. Uh, and like I said, because I had to do this for my for my doctoral work to to get the degree, uh, and I had a chance to work with Dr. Chick Mihai to 
to really val- help validate it. Um, uh, I, you know, I can guarantee that uh, what you see is what you're what you're going to get. So, yeah. so if- and, and let me just reach out. To, to, sorry to to cut you off. Let me just just make one point here: is if it's not feeling right, if it's not feeling connected, that assessment probably wasn't right. So that's where something like this, where it's a validated backed up certified assessment, it really makes a difference because it's going to really get you on the right track. There's nothing worse in the world than going down the wrong train track when your train track is really next door. So, so, um, and, and you're gifting this to the listeners too, to go grab, grab an assessment. Normally there's a cost associated, but if you follow the link with this show, you will be able to um, get this assessment for free. So I will say to you, Mm -hmm. jump on that. Don't miss out on that. So, so now I want to get into the flow because I love being in that zone when I lose track of time. So, how do I get in, in the zone by using my TQ? Well, I think the f- the first thing you want to do is you want to try to you know take a week and track all the work that you're doing. Now, the other thing you can do is people say, "Do I need to just track the work I'm doing it during the day, or do I need to track the work at or the things that I'm doing at home?" And and what we find is. Uh, you can do one or the other or both. One of the things is, is if you're, if your life is significantly different at home, like the kind of stuff that you work on or that you, that you do is radically different. There's usually a good indication. And, and we had a, a situation. I had a guy that had taken the task quotient, uh, and he said, this is, um, you know, absolutely not like me. Right. I, I, I'm not sure about the results. And when I talked to him, what I found was, is that, uh, he, he didn't really need any additional routine during the workplace. And, uh, and what I found out was, is he had a, um, a handicapped, um, son at home and he was a single dad. So he, he said, and when we talked about kind of what was happening, he, he didn't need more routine during work because he had, you know, six hours of routine that evening that he had to do over and over again. So what he was really craving during the day, even though the assessment said you need about, what, 25% routine, uh, what he said was, what I really need during the day is I need more problem solving and project work because at home, I pretty much know I've got this routine that I have to to do, you know, to make sure that my son is happy and healthy and and, and so forth. So a lot of times, if you if you take the assessment and it feels a little bit out of whack, uh, just look at how you are with things that you're doing outside of the workplace. And if you're, what are you gravitating to? Are you gravitating to uh, more routine work? Are you are you working on projects like maybe building a house or an extension to the room? Or are you doing a lot of tr- problem solving? T- uh, uh, troubleshooting, uh, fixing around around the house or uh, f- issues or fixing relationships, whatever it is, is is you can start paying attention and look at it holistically, uh, and that'll that'll give you an idea. And my guess is, and and my prediction is that once you know your mix and if you look at it holistically, I bet you you're trying to kind of self medicate yourself. One of the things that we found, Lorraine, was was that a lot of people, and I'll I'll put this out to the this is usually the big aha for people. A lot of people online, you know, um, I ask you, how many of you are procrastinators? And procrastinators, what we find was is people that have, uh, that are not getting the level of, of um, troubleshooting work that they like, the, like kind of the diving catch, 
what they'll do is they'll, they'll wait for the last minute on routine because we're getting too much routine work, and then they'll make it a they'll make it a, a troubleshooting task. Right. So I wait till last minute. I know that it's going to take me a half hour. I'll only allow 20 minutes and I'll try to get creative to do that. So what happens is, is people are kind of self-medicating. So that all of you procrastinators out there, pay attention. And my <laughs> guess is that you're going to find out you've got more routine in your work, uh, more routine work than you want. And what you're doing is you're unconsciously kind of self-medicating yourself by waiting to the last minute. And then you feel good like, ah. Okay, I feel good about get, getting that done in 20 minutes uh, because, and that fulfilled that troubleshooting need that I wasn't getting in my structured job. Well, this begs a question. I, you know, obviously, there has we have to expect some kind of challenging challenges in structuring our day in that routine structure, and even structuring our days going between the three different type of tasks. So, what kind of challenges, and what do we do to to just jump those hurdles? Because Anytime we start a new habit, this is why, um, uh, what do you call it? Um, beginning of the year's uh, resolutions don't New Year's work. resolutions. New Year's resolutions don't work because we all of a sudden throw all this stuff at our, ourselves and want to change everything overnight. And it just doesn't work that way. So what are some of the challenges and how do we, how do we avoid them or jump the hurdle? Yeah. So the first recommendation is um, what we recommend is go get what we call capability partner. Not accountability, because that feels too much like policing. Get a capability partner, someone that will hold you accountable, that will work with you. Uh, and a lot of times um, what we find is people that are kind of trying to implement TQ uh, is if they're both trying to do that, get each other to hold each other accountable uh, and do it. And then you can talk about kind of your work week and 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 uh, and how you want to how you want to st structure it. Um, then put, you know, I'm a big systems person. I you know, studied systems thinking with Peter Senge at MIT and got certified to do that. So, so if you can think from a big, from a big systems perspective, if you can create the system and, uh, adhere to it, I mean, there are things that are going to happen. I mean, I'll give you an example. You know, I, when I was managing until the university, I always knew that Monday mornings were the time where all the stuff was going to hit the fan. So that was, I was going to get my hit of troubleshooting. So I didn't, I would block, block and we talk about time blocking. I would block that off uh, so that nothing else would come in. So I wouldn't book projects or routine kind of work to do that. I knew. And by the way, if things didn't hit the fan, uh, then I could decide what kind of tasks that I wanted to do. Having those blocks of time are usually pretty predictable, you know, particularly if you're in customer service or uh, in project design and so forth. And if you can block the times out for and say, I think this is going to be this kind of tasks, okay, then I need to add something else later on in the day and be able to, to do that. Now, the one thing I want to be really clear to everyone here is that if any particular point, whether it's a routine or troubleshooting or project task, that you are in the zone, that you're in flow, you don't have to do not stop what you're doing. So, like I said, when I'm developing a project, uh, I could be in there for three hours. You know, it's usually about the two hour time where my brain starts wanting to do something else. A lot of times it'll just continue. Don't stop. Don't say, Oh, I have to, I have to stop to do this. If you're in the zone, that's really what we want because that's where the 
satisfaction and motivation is going to come from. Yeah. And that's why it's called flow. So stay in there. And I'm a big proponent of time blocking, but, and I, I tell my clients the same thing is when you're in flow, when you're in your zone, when you are losing track of time, just stay in there because all that yumminess comes out. You will eventually know the difference and start recognizing that there is a world out there outside of whatever it is that you're working on. That's when you know, okay, maybe it's time that I can shift, but you lose some yumminess. And I know that I've tried to, I, when I first started doing time blocking, I would be very uh, regimented about it. And I would lose some creativity that I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I should have, should have just kept going because now it's lost because I was literally in the zone. So like you said, Kevin, stay in that zone and finish out whatever it is that you're working on. That's, that's the yumminess there. The other thing that I, um, you know, earlier I said that anybody who has like a repetitive tasks or maybe working on a, a, a line, a production line or something like that, we don't have a lot of control over moving between routines and troubleshooting and, and project you know, project tasks, things like that. We don't have uh, potentially that opportunity. But my understanding is there was a a woman who actually did their thesis on your thesis to take that to another level. Talk to us about that. I think this is so interesting. Yeah, so uh, probably in uh, early 2000s, I had gotten um, an email from uh, Dr. Holly Martin she was already actually she's a doctor of dentistry and she was doing her an additional doctorate in uh in organizational leadership and she said hey i read your dissertation uh first of all that's a that's unusual right to have someone say hey you know i went out and you know, just casual reading or reading your dissertation that's like the academy awards for, <laughs> for doctorates you know yeah so um so first of all i was really like excited about somebody actually read the the research i had done um and then she said i i she said i manage uh, i am the person that manages uh employee engagement for this gigantic uh i don't think i can release the name uh, uh big company like tens of thousands of people uh in connecticut uh for aircraft manufacturing and she said uh, i'd like to do do you do my dissertation based on your dissertation? Can I get access to your assessment to be able to use? She said, we've got about 39 different departments. She said, I have one department over the last, I think it was five to seven years that we have not been able to push the needle, right? That we, we do lots and lots of different things to try to improve employee uh, engagement. And we have one department that, that no matter what we've done, can't do that. So she says, I've got a really good sample here that I can use compared to other ones. Uh, can I do this? And I thought, oh, I was really excited. And then I hung up the phone and I thought, oh, crap, what happens if my assessment doesn't work? <laughs> uh, and of course, it, it did work, which was the good news. Uh, and she did her dissertation. And what she found, which was really valuable to me, was not only by uh, that you could increase by doing using the task quotient and time blocking and structuring your day, uh, she found out something really interesting. Just by having the line workers take the assessment, you know, do nothing else. All that, they just took the assessment. Uh, it statistically raised the level of empowerment that they felt by now because they've started thinking about all the different tasks that they were doing. So, so they didn't have to do any work, just take the, the assessment, which takes about five minutes, five to seven minutes to take. Uh, and just having that 
she got a really nice blip in uh, in empowerment. Uh, she did get the blip also in uh, employee engagement and satisfaction. So she was able to push the needle using using this approach. So well, uh, yeah, so because because the, the employees were being seen and heard, and 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 sometimes <clears throat> we're being heard by ourselves by figuring out what it is that we need. So tools like this is absolutely a needle mover. And um, and I, I find it totally incredible. I think every business should have have their employees go through this yeah. assessment because it's so self-empowering to be able to know, you know, what's my equation? I love that. What's your equation? Yeah. yeah. Hey, and, and there's one thing I'll, I'll just mention real quickly, Lorianne, was is that we, we've developed a process that we've done with many, many companies. Uh, and what we'll do is we'll, uh, and we call it the task auction. Um, and most organizations don't like reorganizations, um, but all of them are okay with task rebalancing. So what we do in a very high level is we have everyone take the assessment. Uh, we do the Lego exercise with them so that they can show, they can see that indeed what their assessment is, uh, is in, indeed uh, what their what their motivation is around uh, routine troubleshooting and project work. And then what we do with the manager in the room, uh, we uh, have everyone plot all of the work that they're doing on the flow diagram. And everyone, anyone in the room, or everyone in the room, we do a task auction and they can sell anything, no buying happens. They can sell any task that they, that is not in flow that they would like to sell. And then we capture all that in an Excel sheet. And then once we have a snapshot of the entire team, everyone, anyone can bid on any tasks. So if there's something you're working on, it's like you have a three-hour routine task that you don't want. And I thought, boy, I really like to learn about that. You know, I can I can say I want to bid on Lori's uh, three-hour task. Can I can I do that? And with the manager in the room, he or she can approve or decline it. Or a lot of times what happens is they'll partner or they'll split them up. And what we do is, and then typically we can move 60 to 80% of the tasks. Um, and because people are are selling stuff they don't want and they're buying stuff that they do want, you can imagine what happens. First of all, you don't have to sell anything because they've made the decision. That's, that's really good for the manager. Yep. And second, they're going to get a chance to do something. Now, one of the things that we found out over and over and over again, there's this bucket of what they define as crap work that they don't want to do. And I will tell you 100% of the time, that is very, very routine administrative kind of stuff. And so what we recommend is, uh, and there's a, I, we did a great case study with an IT organization of 18 people um, of doing this. Uh, I mean, we, we measured their performance or their job satisfaction over 18 month period and actually pumped everything way up. They were getting ready to hire this at the time it was like an 80 to $100,000 um, IT, IT person. Yeah. And they said, and the manager said, how about we hire an administrative assistant, all this crap work that you don't want to do, we'll, we'll get rid of all of it. And we're, we'll give it to the administrative person. And that extra 80, that extra differential of $80,000 or whatever it was, um, when new projects come in, instead of giving it to that new person, we'll offer it to people that have that additional time because we've gotten rid of all the, the crap work. 
Yeah, the administrative work. Uh, yeah, which yeah. is it takes a lot of time. So you know, and it's it's frustrating, and you want to stay in your zone of genius. You know, the really cool thing about this, and it goes back to one of the clients that I was working with, and went in there and uh, through assessing, it's always easy to come in and look from the outside because I'm not attached to anybody. I'm not attached to the end result. I'm not attached to the individuals. I just assess what's going on, mm-hmm. and um, invariably, when I do, people are sitting in the wrong seats. And that's mm-hmm. why they're not being productive. And all we had to do is move a couple of people if the manager and the and or owner was okay with it, move a couple of people's seat and then suddenly productivity went through the roof. With this kind of assessment, you can back it up with stats. You can sit there and show them this is why you'll be better over here. Um, and they'll be happier. And I love that thought about taking the work, that administrative work, that work that nobody wants to do to someone who loves doing administrative work. There are people out there who love it, who love the beginning, the middle, the end and the repetitiveness of that. And there are people in the world that are specific to that. I'm so grateful for people who, well, now they really don't have a much more around me, but toll takers, because I could never do that. Couldn't do that same repetitive task, but so grateful for people who do. And so grateful for my administrative assistants. Yes, yes, I'm doing a shout out for my my VAs. Um, love, love that they're able to do that. And so successfully and much more rapidly to allow me to stay in my zone of genius. And the same with you and the people you work with. How many companies do you work with um, that d- do this with you, Kevin? Because uh, I think every company should bring you in. Every company. <laughs> well, thanks for the plug. Um you know, we've worked with, like I said, probably a dozen or so different companies, you know, um, and uh, there is a case study on our website. If you go to the task quotient, you know, if you go to magnoleadership.com and you go to, uh, or I think it's either on their blogs or case studies or, or just type in task quotient, it'll find it for you. Um, or you can send me a note, Kevin, at Magna Leadership Solutions. I'll send you the personal copy of, of that. Uh, um, uh, there's There's a ton of companies that, you have, first of all, you have to get you have to get the person making the decision on board. They're like, oh, this will work, and then once that'll work, particularly if they're doing the reorganization, because most companies we found really are really suck at doing reorganizations. Yeah, and 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 we t- say first thing is is don't do a reorganization, do a re- t- rebalance of tasks, and you're going to be incredibly happy. Yeah, yeah, and and I love that. Um, yeah, they're not good at it because they're too close to it, and they're not really seeing what they're reorging, and they actually reorg the same problems all over again. So it would be great to bring it in again. I want to remind everybody that um, there there's a gift offer, a link, so that you could do the TQ assessment yourself. Connect up with Dr. Kevin Gazzara at MagnaLeadership.com. More information will will be attached to this this recording um, and this production. So happy to have you on. Want to bring you back. So much to talk to you about. This is this is wonderful. And what I I'm going to throw at a challenge is. Um, anybody who absolutely takes this, give me an email, shoot me an email. I'd love to have a conversation. Maybe we can bring them on the next time you're on the show. We can have a conversation of what it did, what how it changed their lives and have really a case study right on on the radio. So I'd love to do that with you. Kevin, thank you for being on. It's It's a pleasure. And if anyone wants to talk to me after I take the assessment, completely free, just send me a note and I'll be glad to walk you through the details or answer any of your questions. 
Thank you, Kevin. Thank you all for joining us today on Healthy Lifestyle. I hope we earned the privilege of your time. Again, I want to thank our guest today, Dr. Kevin Gazzara. You can find him at magnaleadership.com. Look for our show next Saturday at 3 p.m. We can be found on all major platforms. We would be so grateful if you please like, follow, share, and subscribe. Until next time, I am Coach Lori Ann Kazdia. Until then, play a higher role, serve a higher purpose show for you, and show up big. Have a good day, everyone. The views and opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of this station, JVC Broadcasting, management, or its sponsors.